Welcome to the Beth and Kelly Show, a weekly Facebook Live conversation between Beth Fortune and Kelly Klingen. That's me. And we've made it into a podcast. Beth Fortune currently serves as Education Director at Wintergrass, the National American String Teachers Association Board, and Chair of the National Council for Orchestral Education. I currently serve as Education Director at Jazz Ed the Washington president at Jazz Education Network and Jazz Curriculum Officer for Washington Music Educators Association. We have a platform and we really want to leverage it for positive change. Please hit us up. Let's have a conversation and uh, let's move our practice as music educators forward. All right. Episode three music teaching friends, or just normal people, civilians, as we like to say. And uh, we're going to talk today about what the hell we're going to do when we go back to school. And we have some ideas based on- First of all, let's put out there that, A, we don't know, honestly. Don't know. There is no answer to any question right now. Anyone who says that they know is cray, <laughs> because we don't. We don't know. Things are changing like literally daily. Uh-huh. Um, and so districts and schools and organizations can say what they want it to look like or what they think it'll look like, mm-hmm. but no one knows. And um, I guess that presents a whole level of new stressors because we're teachers, right? We, um, we exist in this, um, in this world where we're looked at as people who solve problems and, um, and we did <laughs> like, look at how yeah. fast all of us moved to online. Right. right. But, we also are people that are conditioned through our career and through our training and through the things we have to do. We're conditioned to have plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, right. all like lined up, ready to hit go. And right now it's like, how do you even do that? Right. And for the planners out there, you spend your summer doing that. Beth and I, of course, spent our summers not planning. Right. Because what we did when we taught together was sort create this sort of fluid, make it work kind of like organic (laughs) um, experience. And it suited our need to be really creative and improvisatory and respond to student needs. Right. But and also it, allowed us to have our summers off. Right. And it also set kind of a culture with the students that we were teaching that um, they didn't maybe know what to expect. They didn't know what was coming next. They just knew that it's probably going to be a little crazy, probably going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. These guys will have our backs, so we don't have anything to worry about. We'll laugh. Yeah. And we'll play our instrument. Yeah. 
And that's really all that we need. Right. And we're going to beef it too. Oh yeah. my God. All the friggin' time. So <laughs> why don't we just start by saying that neither of us are the lesson planner type, but we both can see this sort of framework. Yeah. I think that's a talent of both of ours. To sort of work within. So, um, but neither of us had like lesson plans posted on the board or those types of things. Oh. Hey, Miss Miss Barr, what are we playing today? Music. Like, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna walk out there. We're gonna tune after you've warmed up for a minute and then I'll just see what floats my boat. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so it was that kind of environment that we created but i think it will it lends itself very well to the types of classrooms that we may or may not be seeing when we finally get to go back the post-covid classroom right post-covid classroom um could look like many different things yeah uh, a lot of districts nationwide are talking about a um, a, B cohort, A, a cohort, B cohort, mm -hmm. where um, the student population is divided into these cohorts. Right. And they have different um, days where they attend school. So, um, so naturally, music teachers are freaking out. Right. Right. Um, also, I, I want people to know that, like I naturally resist structures. It's who I am. I always have been like that. I don't like to be told what to do if I think the thing I'm supposed to do is stupid or the person telling me to do it is stupid. And I just generally like, I just have this need to question and resist stru structures. So questioning the validity of concert band has always been something I've done <laughs> been since I was like a student. So I, it is real natural for me to think that way. I think a lot of people listening believe deeply in the value of concert band and um and I don't so I guess there are some like people need to know that's where we co we're coming from before we start you know right well the the typical um offerings of a public school music um department mm -hmm. if you will um from elementary through high school, mm -hmm. um, elementary, we've got general music, which gives the student a general overview and- And is really what we, in education, the most equitable class that we have, so the entire class takes it. Right, the entire class goes. Um, and, then, and then we get into this thing where um you gotta choose your team for you life choose your team for life mm -hmm. uh, and you are given 
three choices, band, orchestra, or choir. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and then- And the three shall meet. Right, and then, right. And then if you are lucky, your school will, your middle or high school will offer some type of jazz band experience. Mm-hmm. Now that experience is likely not open to anyone but the players of jazz band instruments. So, Which is like a questionable concept in itself. Some, some teachers, you know, stretch the limits a little bit. Um, and get but, laughed off the stage at jazz festivals. Right. I mean, the whole thing's a racket. <gasps> don't even get me started like yeah. episode eight you know <laughs> eight nine ten and eleven <laughs> but for now <laughs> <laughs> well i mean because that's kind of like the great thing about signing up a string group as a jazz band and then marching those kids with their violins and cellos out on the stage. Dude, in the beginning, we just called them jazz band too. <laughs> and we were interchangeable. Sometimes they were jazz band one. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. What? And then the, you know, the adjudicators are like, yeah. I don't know how to use this rubric. Use it the same. It's, <laughs> So what? They're playing viola. That's rad. Yeah. They're the best improvisers you've heard all weekend. So, and off yourself. (laughs) One of my favorite activities is taking the stage plot chart and crossing out the word trumpet. (laughs) And crinkling it up in a ball, dude. And writing violin one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, we'll talk about that too at a different uh, episode. So today, I think people who have watched, thank you to all of you hundreds of people, which is really cool. It is cool. Just like you and I clicking on it and then closing out and that wraps up another view. There's no (laughs) way. (laughs) I mean, that's hilarious. I'm not going to lie. I did think that to myself. And then I thought, there's no way we both clicked on it 150 times. <laughs> I mean, maybe my mom did. <laughs> the support team in the background. Our, there with the device. Our click, teacher click, parents. Click, close, <laughs> click, close. <laughs> I actually think there are other humans watching, (laughs) but I don't have evidence of that. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. This is so funny. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So here's what I think. I think music teachers are causing a major problem for themselves if we are rigid in our expectations for next year. If you've got an administrator talking crazy to you, like we're gonna, kids are gonna have three classes. Right. Um, 
I think it would really serve us and our students who want to still play music to just say, great, just give me a music class and put my kids in there just so every, every student that wants to take music sees me at some time. Let's remove the band orchestra choir garbage and let's just have it be music for next year which gives you an entire year to watch the beth and kelly show every friday and reimagine what it will look like when we're back to normal but i don't think normal should be business as usual right forget that it forget that yeah forget it forget the it formats, the formats are problematic they're problematic like in in so many directions right the repertoire the how about this the yeah. uh the inability of instrumental programs to truly absorb beginners um, at the secondary level because they weren't given the prerequisite instruction in um, instrument playing and note reading in elementary school. Therefore, they're placed into a situation where the rest of their peers are at a much different level yeah, or kids um, transferring in from a different city that didn't have the same offering. Yeah. Or yeah. a kid that finally tested out of math and now they don't have to have two math classes every day. I mean, let's or, teach music to kids, man. Well, let's talk about like, you know, musicians that opt out of the public school offerings because it just isn't compatible with how they learn or how they want to play music. Yeah. <laughs> or, or let's talk about person like me, um, who totally benefited from private lessons as a child and then participated in school music throughout my life, decided to go into studying music and music ed you know, right from the get-go, right, right after graduating from high school, and then getting into first-year music theory and totally having a new frame of reference whatsoever, totally yeah. not knowing what was going on, no connections whatsoever other than knowing how to read notes right. and play a, an instrument. Um, I was taught zero about making connections to music theory. Um, right. through this tradition. I mean, have you truly ever met a music teacher who actually weaves the national standards into their daily work with kids? Because I have never. I know that I know they're out there. There are levels of like, some people weave it in a little bit. Yeah. Or um, we'll do a unit or something, but like to really 
throughout every layer of your program to you'd have, have the national standards? You'd have to dismantle um, your traditional ensemble as we know it. There's no way to completely follow those standards and right. still plan on going to an adjudicated festival or still right. plan on um, the traditional ways that we perform. Right. Um, it's, it's real difficult to truly, truly embody those um, standards. Now, there are many teachers who definitely, as you said, like will do a little bit of that. Or try um, real hard. To... Try real hard. And there's many teachers also that are like super great at writing on the board objective and applying right. that to a standard. Right. Um, and but, I mean, but sidebar, does writing on the board and linking it to a standard really do anything for student learning? Uh, like, that's, if you have to call it out on the board, is it really a part, like, are they bringing it into themselves? I don't know. I question that, but go ahead. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I mean, if you think about it in terms of, say, math, today we are going to learn division. Uh-huh. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. But... Um, I've always struggled with music because we're always working on this whole that isn't a bunch of little things like in this school year, we're going to work on division, right? multiplication, and uh, solving for X and Y <laughs> or whatever, you know, no. um, we we always, at least in the format of like the traditional Eurocentric yeah. ensembles that we are told that, you know, this is what you teach um, in the public schools. Um, we're always working toward these like performances and until we can get away from working toward the traditional concert cycle and the traditional assessments or adjudications yeah um, we really are not going to be truly um catering to the standards mm -hmm. even even in a jazz band where um, especially in a jazz band they right. should already be doing more right because even jazz bands start catering toward the competition. Right. So, um, right. So it's like, um, I don't know. I mean, it's like, there's something to be said for the types of motivation that are given to both students and teachers alike when you go to some type of competition or adjudicated event and you get praise from the judge, that is motivation. Sure. Extrinsic. Mm -hmm. But um, is that honestly the reason why we do what we do? I think we convince ourselves that 
we're doing the right thing and we don't stop to question because if we stop to question is there value in this canon or is there value in this festival that my band's been going to for 40 years you're opening up such a can of worms that it's like too scary to look at so we just shut the door yeah. and say i'm doing it right everyone else is doing it that way and i am calling you out like yeah. it, it's over it's over not We're only down. that not only that but it's actually being eliminated from us right now anyway because of covid yeah so so we've actually nice add a little this to that yeah <laughs> we actually have to like start thinking out of the box because those festivals are not going to be what they normally were at least right. for this coming year right well i think we've given ourselves one heck of an introduction yeah to um i mean we could go on forever about the different collaborative things that we did that would work um, in online learning or in some kind of mixed up, I've got beginners, I've got guitar class and I've got my most advanced jazz students mixed in with my um, concert master from the orchestra and 10 singers like let's say that's your class to me I'm excited this sounds like fun uh, yeah. I'm pumped but if that had been told to me 15 years ago I would have like curled into the fetal and started rocking back and forth crying for my mommy. But I know that it's fun because we did it. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so let's, let's say worst case scenario or one of many worst case scenarios. Yeah. Um, your school district says um, you may not hold instrument or vocal instruction that involves breath. Therefore, the only thing that would be allowed would be things like stringed instruments, percussion, guitar, percussion piano class. Right, things you can play with a mask. Right, right. Let's um, go. So, like Let's say yes to that, because isn't that better than not having a job and not having our music right. students playing some sort of music? Right, so um, in that case, how would I like to do that? Well, I would like to do it with someone. I don't wanna be by myself, I don't wanna be the only teacher trying to create something and be like an island by myself. Right. I would like, I would like to team up with my colleagues and come up with a plan for how we could accomplish um, creating a music experience for students that is something that they will buy into and will feel that they they are propelling forward 
right. um, in their musical journey while we do it. Right. So, like, what would a class like that look like? I mean, I, I, I have never thought about this exact premise before. Um, because for work, I've been planning like all on, like I've had to plan a totally digital fall mm -hmm. um, or a totally in-person fall. And mm -hmm. my in-person classes, um, I think already do what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So um, I've never thought about in-person, but with masks. But what immediately comes to mind is that when I was teaching, um, k-8 general music there was no curriculum so i created a curriculum and for the middle schoolers because middle school general music what yeah um, <laughs> my experience is that kids like to do kids like to do <laughs> and middle schoolers um especially like to do yeah and they don't want to be treated like babies and man general music sure makes them or singing in choir in that general music yeah. context makes them feel like babies yeah. so um but i only had classroom instruments so uh what we did i like created this sampling unit um and we went through some songs that they were listening to on the radio that were sampling musical theater or jazz and we looked at the songs that they were sampling and then we, and then I assigned them into mixed groups to write their own. So they um, were sampling songs, they were composing original material, they were using voices, but you could get rid of that if you, especially if you had keyboards and like ORF instruments, which I didn't have. Mm -hmm. um, and everyone could get a little, you know, classroom instrument, and um, they could physically write out. So they may be transcribing the thing they're sampling, um, transposing for the different instruments perhaps, and putting a piece together. Mm -hmm. uh, if groups were allowed, not allowed to have a concert, they could certainly produce some sort of video. Right. Um, like what the Roots are doing on uh, the Jimmy Fallon show when they'll, you know, do a song on classroom instruments and it could be Brady Bunch style with everyone's faces and make a whole presentation out of it. It could be really fun. Yeah. Is well, it the same to me, outcome? No, it's not Holst. Right. Is it cool? Yeah. Yeah. Is it relevant? Yeah. It's uh, more relevant than Holst, that's for damn sure. I would venture to say that a course like this could be called Music Standards. Sure. Because that is literally doing the music standards. Yeah. Um, so in a course like that, I think it would be so fun. Like the band orchestra and choir teacher are working together to create yes. this and Maybe team you each have a roster of 40 yeah team teaching it at all times um and it includes um 
it includes these mechanisms that would allow our students to get an idea of basic music theory. Therefore, I'd like to call it three chords in the truth on a guitar um, because man, had someone taught me three chords in the truth like before high school or during high school or before I went to college to study music, I might have totally understood music theory and I totally wouldn't have had to copy off no. my, my buddy sitting next to me during our written tests, you know? Yeah. Um, but so you could learn basic music theory, theory on a chordal mm -hmm. instrument, guitar or piano. Mm -hmm. You could, um, you could perform music that you learn on those instruments. Mm -hmm. You could compose music um, either for those instruments or just in general. Sure. You could um, analyze music that mm -hmm. you hear. You could, um, you could write out and create for yourself a music profile, what defines you? Um, what are the identifiers that music contribute to you as a person? Um, and criteria that you have for what makes music good? Yeah. You could um, have other people um, work on choosing music for you so that they are um, they're utilizing information that you create to yeah. um, to choose music based on criteria. Yeah. Or choose or write music based on criteria. Um, there's, it's basically like an experience like this could be exactly what the national standards are. It could be. Does it feel Lucy Goosey? Yeah, sure. We're just riffing on a theme right now. But um, you could really structure it like, um, like for my work at um, Seattle Jazz Ed, we're, we're doing Jam of the Week. So um, teachers, the teacher of the song of that week are pre-recording materials. Like here's me playing the melody, here's me playing the bass line. Um, there's backing tracks, lead sheets. And um, so you'll sort of experience the song at your own rate that total beginners. Synchronous. Yeah. Um, and there are teachers taking it for clock hours. It's not too late to sign up. And you could use all of those materials in the fall. So maybe you're thinking, gosh, I'd sure like to play some music composed by black people. Well, great. I work at Seattle Jazz Ed. All the songs we're presenting are composed by black people. And um, our teachers are women and folks of color. And you can use those videos and you can work on representation in those things. It's been done for you, <laughs> you know? The class is free. Like, if you want more structure, no problem. There are 
things out there that you can tap into. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, there's a whole other question of, well, what does it look like when we come back together? Um, right. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've got to bite-sized piece this thing. We got to yeah. bite-sized piece it. Um, I think that it would suck if it just went bye-bye. Um, if like a new format was created and then it just went bye-bye and we just like dismissed it, checked the box. Okay, mm -hmm. back to Holst. Right. <laughs> and I know that most people are going to do that. Like the common thing I hear people talking that they're going to do with their high schoolers in the fall is score study. Right. Are you friggin' kidding me? Score study? Like snooze alert, dude. <laughs> what are we? That is not the solution. Also, let's just talk about realistic music careers. Yeah realistic music careers okay so interestingly with saying that both you and i believe and sort of um built our shared teaching philosophy on the idea of lifelong music makers yeah. right 21st century skills right yeah so yeah 21st century skills the things that you do to get paid right uh, and also you know i just find it so interesting that we live in a city that is considered a bit of a hub for the music industry. Yeah. And yet, and yet, why are we still <laughs> like utilizing this like old school Western European approach? This does not translate into getting work in the music industry. No. This does not translate into getting work in music at all. Um, it's easier to become like a player in the NBA than it is to get a gig in a national level symphony. Right. If I mean, you want our Like, do any of us really think that that we even have a handful of students who will go on to be revered musicians? You're, no. So really what you're doing is you're, I mean, don't you want all of your students to be able to continue making music in some way for the rest of their lives? Maybe it's just that they're a really great consumer of music. Okay someone who pays to go to live shows and donates to, you know, nonprofits that support music. Or maybe it's someone who is Joe Microsoft, like we like to yeah. say. Joe Microsoft. Joe Microsoft gets the, buys the top of the line equipment. Yeah. Can play one chord <laughs> and wants to jam out with his bros wants to jam out and go to fish shows, you know? Right, let's get Joe Microsoft some real skills while he is Joey in our music class. Right. Let's do right. it, man. Yeah, and like maybe, maybe Joey and a few buddies 
will um, in high school, when they leave middle school, form a band and then get a gig. Hey, neighbor friend, I heard you squeaking and squawking on a saxophone. Yeah. You want to jam? Yeah. And I want those to be my students when they grow up. Or like, you know, hey, uh, violin person, I play saxophone. Let's play music together. <laughs> like, why should a saxophonist and violinist not play together? Right. Right. Or why should, why should don't meet? Yeah. Why should a kid who plays bassoon in concert band also not sing? Or why should they not? I mean, they should sing. Or why should why should um, orchestras only feature the playing of stringed instruments or yeah. wind instruments that that usually are in a full orchestra? Right. Why couldn't it also include saxophone or uh, drum set or <laughs> all right. the other all the other instruments? Um, some of them are you know way more relevant too. Why is it? that and speaking of drum sets why is it i mean i felt these major pangs of like jealousy when um when okay you left washington middle school i did jared came in as the band director yeah and we were um we were team teaching mm -hmm. band and orchestra taking you know keeping that tradition going good strong. good and Jared goes and sits down at the drum set and he just plays, dude. He just plays. Yeah. How come I was not given that opportunity? I'm pissed. I was jealous. Well, I, uh, I think when you start I mean, it's so amazing to just be able to think, what if my whole program burns to the ground, which they are currently doing, and what what do I want it to look like oh, truly when I come back? And if you start bumping up against, I want it to look like just like it did, you need to stop and you need to really think about what you're saying. Are you saying that you want to have a racist sexist program again that pits instrument groups against each other and or even instruments of the same type i mean yeah. orchestras are a feature of orchestras is cutthroat behavior right um, when it comes to who's going to sit up front And when are we going to stop treating like like our band programs like it's the Seahawks? Right. It's not a sport. This is not a sport. It is athletic to play your instrument. This is not a sport. Yeah. Stop it. The sooner we can stop doing that, the the sooner we can get to kids actually um, gaining the skills that they need to make music outside of the confines of our classroom. But when we 
when we continue and perpetuate in the old way, what we do is we solidify the fact that unless the student has um, services outside of school, like private lessons or something, mm -hmm. um, unless they have those types of extra added things, they're that probably in our inequity issue. Right, right. That they probably aren't going to be as well equipped with the tools that they need to enter into music making outside of the school yeah. when they leave us. Should they want to, as adults, right. when they work at Microsoft and want to hang out on a Friday night in the garage? <laughs> With the full pedal set up. <coughs> the wall right. right. You know, to shred on a G chord. Yeah. Or like create a Fugazi cover band or something. Yes, <laughs> Fugaz, let's do it. <laughs> you know? um, okay, so let's. Uh, I'm gonna. It's not an intentional self promote, um, but it'll sound like a self promote. I think that one of the most successful collaborations that we did was those flex scores. Yeah. Which were total crap. I mean, but the concept is gold. Concept is gold. So we found these flex scores. They were at like an intermediate level. Like I've played for a year and a half, maybe. I guess that translates to about a level 1.5 to 2. Yeah. And, um, it, all the songs were Eurocentric, was definitely composed, like arranged by a white dude. Like we were not firing <laughs> on those cylinders, but it's what there was. It was like flex yeah. score at a 1.5. I think that was the only option. Right. Um, and we got a buttload of them. Yeah. Um, and it's basically four parts. Part one, two, three, and four. Right. They're not assigned value. It's like it re it releases the I'm I'm the best because I'm playing first kind of idea. They right. Were, yeah. They not like that. Right. Um. And we would. It, kinda, it opens it up to um, groups being able to, to like create their own arrangement of something. Right. And so because you and I and a couple other folks were on the. Um, assessment team for Seattle schools, we wrote the cornerstone assessment right. and we wanted to do it with our intermediate level classes. So the cornerstone right. assessment was to give music, new music to students, um, get a baseline reading of where they were at with it. So basically a sight reading through and then peel the kids off into groups um, and then have them rehearse it together and then perform for the class for a different assessment. Um, so that's what we did. Yeah. Four parts and we mixed up the orchestra and the band kids. Yep. And they went about business. I think we also at times would require that they insert singing into it, I believe. That's right. At least once we were like, you must have lyrics. Yes, I forgot about 
that. Yep, because we did this more than one time. Um, And we would have little mini lessons, like we'd be listening to um, them rehearse and and I'd be I'd be in my office you'd be in yours while there was just like squeak and squat cacophony going on yeah. and I'd email you like we need to have an intervention uh not understanding key signature or something like that. <laughs> and we'd bring them all back over to my room and we'd hop on the microphones and we'd be like can someone please uh raise their hand at this time and explain the concept of a key signature. And then we'd like go through a little thing. Okay, great. Do you know, just a little check-in without too much detail. Yeah. Some of you might want to go ahead and check out the key signature in the top left-hand corner of your own music. Might be different from that of your neighbors. How come? Oh, they transpose, bingo, you know. You could totally do a flex score type situation um, in the fall. Yeah. Who cares what the groups are, right? Yeah. Who cares um, what the groups are? Yeah. And the possibilities for arranging is great, right? You start to learn it. You, you get to um, teach about form. No, you can't do that here because the form of the song. Um, there's so much that you can get to when you have students learning in that way one of my favorite interventions is the one where we talk about outliers <laughs> that was falling on purpose bro i know you did can you like go into what outliers are Well, outlier is the really nice teacherly way to explain to students that there may be somebody who's like nailing it and there may be somebody who is hardcore beef in it. (laughs) You'll be able to hear that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, It teaches people about roles in an ensemble and how each person plays a super important role and that when you like don't play that don't do your role it has effects on everyone else right and um or or on the other opposite end of the spectrum um especially in music classes it seems we encounter students who are um eager to lead some of them are more adept at it than others. I thought my dog was eating something. I just had to go. <laughs> We're clear. Good. <laughs> um, yes, it, it's such a fun way to get at um, that student hatred of group work. Right. We all know what it feels like to be the person who's doing everything. Yes. And how frustrating that is. Yeah. And we all, or maybe not all, but I know what it feels like to be the person who um, is so out of the loop. Like, I don't understand what is going on and the anxiety and guilt and everything that goes along with that. Um, To talk about it as outliers and how the song, there's no hiding here. So no hiding here. And it, 
like these moments become these true real moments of growth for kids right um you and i have literally picked kids up from the floor right that that have a hard time with this scenario because it's the first time they've been placed into this situation of personal responsibility within (laughs) a musical setting yeah and um kids who have emotional breakdowns because they're worried that their playing is going to let down the group or kids who are in self-placed roles of leadership and don't know how to manage um feelings that accompany watching other people not put effort into something right um or um kids who um truly have like something happen like remember when uh was it marcus um it was one of our students okay broke his hand or icarus or somebody broke his hand or something and was super duper worried that they weren't going to be able to pull this off like they were going to let down the group and we were like find a way to plug yourself in man and you know they didn't (laughs) tell us what they were going to do but at the assessment performance that person comes up and they were like and a one and a two and ready and a go and they conducted it it with their you know floppy hand and flapping in the wind Oh my god. And like they totally found a way to plug in and yeah. totally be a part of the group even though they had a broken hand. <laughs> yeah. I telling you, I have I have literally mentioned to every composer arranger that I know, if you get into the business of flex scores and actually arranging very cool songs, yeah. And, that are not only four parts, but at four different levels where you could have calls for a beginner and something virtuosic for an advanced student Mm -hmm. that you would be like leaning into a gold mine. And um, now they're all wishing that they had because now we really need it. And the reason it's gonna sound like I'm tooting my own horn is because we are rolling out flex score materials in the fall. Um, Fantastic. So if you all just want to like enjoy your summer and know that I'll have that for you in the fall, go ahead and do that. Um, Cause I swear if I hear another person talk about score study or we're just going to tread water until we get back to normal, I'm going to like explode dude. Cause getting back to normal means going back like status quo and that is not going to work anymore. It's not gonna work anymore. We are past that. We're past it. We have to be. I mean, I really want to be. And that's coming from the two of us um, who I think would both say that one of our greatest musical memories was when we traipsed 200 middle schoolers across the stage in California for a heritage festival. 
the orc full the um the string orchestra had already performed a heavy duty set by memory i think the concert band there was you know some holtz and stuff and the choir all three groups performed a like a traditional program on their own and then we had all of those kids on stage together right for what did we perform it was Mozart's Requiem. We did that, dudes. We yeah. did Mozart Requiem. Three movements with middle schoolers. And um, the kids rotated so that everyone would sing on at least yeah. one. Yeah. balls. Yeah, it was. The musical quality was very high. Very high. It, it was, was but the coolest part piece to choose yeah the coolest part for me was you know seeing the kids with their saxophones and violins and violas and basses and stuff like that um you know just standing there holding them while they walked up to the choral risers to sing movement three or whatever my favorite memory were the kids who were instrumentalists who chose to sing all three movements Right. And not even play at all. They just wanted to sing in Latin. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that just, it's just like, um, you know, this, this whole thing where singing should be something that we always do. I don't care what type of class that you say that you're in. Yeah, this is orchestra, but in orchestra, we also sing. Because we're musicians. Yeah. Music. Yeah. Um, another example would be um, we did like the Russian sailors dance, right? With right. <laughs> your whole string orchestra and my whole concert band together. Was it a Merle arrangement? Yep, Merle J. Isaac. Yep, and um, and wait. How would the saxophones play that? Well, we taught them um, how to play a bassoon part. And all you do is uh, change the key and make it a treble clef. Like we taught those skills. We didn't do it for them because I was going to be home by bedtime. That was one of right. our requirements. And we wanted to foster lifelong music making, which means you need to learn how to transpose for yourself. I'm not your mother. Right. Violas, you need to learn how to read treble. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are very traditional collaborations that yeah. still are radical to people. But then there's also kind of the off-the-wall collaborations. Which that, were my favorites. That um, a lot of, a lot of um, music teachers, I think, are, they think that they are super normal people. They don't really see themselves as extraordinary and they don't feel that it would be okay for them to reach out to people that they think of as like legends, legends, heroes, heroes. Mm -hmm. um, but we went ahead and decided we were going to go ahead and reach out to people and the worst that could happen would be they would say no, right? Yeah. So, 
you know, um, over the years, we were able to um, convince numerous professional musicians to come and teach us and perform with us and numerous people who are composers to compose music for us. Mm -hmm. um, one of the coolest things that you can do is perform the music of a conductor, sorry, of, of a composer. And have, have, that, yeah, have that composer there to conduct. Yeah. And also to make changes lifetime to the music. Yeah. To accommodate that group. And what an amazing thing for kids to learn, like, um, you know, trombones, that part's just not working for me. Let's yeah. uh, mark tacit over it. Or, yeah. um, I don't know what I was thinking there. There needs to be a repeat. Or, you know, those things that we kind of bring up to our students sometimes, like, huh, this doesn't make sense to me, but that composer's dead. You know, like, right. this composer's here, right here, talking to us. Yeah. Today. Yeah, and, um, you know, just kind of cool, open-ended situations where um, student input is taken. A student could say, I feel we need a repeat raise air. Mm -hmm. Or um, we can be like, all right, uh, teacher gathering, come on over. The second violins are having a real tough time, um, and I'm not quite sure if this passage is going to work them. Um, <laughs> okay, we come up with a fix. You yeah. Know? I mean, like, live time. Yeah. And that, to me, is... Real music making. Real music making. It's what real ensembles do. It's what real bands do. Mm -hmm. um, it's what real music makers do, the people right. who are out there making money. I also want to point out, because it may not be clear or known, but the two of us are definitely known for some very strong classroom management skills. So we're describing 200 middle schoolers singing in Latin. I mean, that's a crazy thing, <laughs> that's crazy even to suggest, but our rehearsals were so well organized and run, even though we didn't necessarily know what movement we'd be doing, or we just knew on Friday they were gonna come over and we'd make something happen and it would be fun and yeah. we'd play our instruments. But um, there was a lot of laughter, but it was still a tight ship. Right. It's not um, But so that that's like macro, but what we're heading right. into in this future is going to be micro, that on the micro level. Yeah. And um, it's going to be important for kids who like, for instance, um, right, right now, currently, what Seattle Public Schools is saying is that there's going to be a 15 to 1 ratio for um, classrooms and that students will have 50 square feet of space around each other. I mean, so, anyone who's been into any of the Seattle Public Schools knows <laughs> that this is a fantasy. 
It's a fantasy, but if we are asked to come together, there will be no more than 15 students at one at one time. Right. And we don't know. Like I just I just answered an email to a student who said, "Can Blankety Blank and I be working on this particular duet? We'd love to maybe perform it with the orchestra next year." I was like, "Absolutely. Please do work on this work duet. on that." Duet. But I was like, I can't guarantee that you will have class together. And we may not have an orchestra next year. Right. There may not be a concert in which to right. perform. Right, but at least they, you know, they want to work together and like create things together. And I was like, absolutely, absolutely work on that duet. You yeah, know? do that duet. And um, I mean, for the love of our students and music, we need to say yes to what's happening because we have no option for safety reasons. Like, let your class, let the chips fall. Let the chips fall because right now, we gotta keep kids motivated um, yeah. because it's all the unknown. So if they are coming up with ideas, we should be listening to what those ideas are. They know how to do this stuff way better yeah. than I Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Well, I'm gonna, it's two o'clock. I know. I'm gonna propose that next week for episode four, let's dig into the collab we did with Simone Shaheen and the yeah. one we did with Jovino Santos Neto because yeah. I think those are two really good examples yes. of what post-COVID could look like and be really cool. Yeah, and the, yeah. those, what we did with those people caught fire with the kids. Fire. <laughs> and, um, and then from there, you know, like audience, go ahead and reach out with suggestions or whatever. And um, like, let's figure this out and let's have it be different when we come back. I'm real concerned about anyone who's trying to just have things be the same. Let's dream big. I mean, and that's honestly, that's, let's make it happen. That, that is the whole concept. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Whatever we dream, let's make it happen. Yeah. All right. Look at you with a nice little wrap up. <laughs> Cheers. 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 <laughs> All right. Bye, friends. We'll see you next week. See you next week. A million thanks to our listeners, followers, and subscribers. The support we receive monetarily and otherwise helps us to be able to spend time creating a quality product and it allows us to tap into partnerships and resources to which we wouldn't normally have access. We are stoked about the journey of learning we have ahead of us and we are delighted you've decided to join.